Welcome to the Authentic and Unapologetic Podcast. My name is Chloe Taylor, and I created this podcast to inspire you to live a life empowered and standing tall in your own authenticity. Because when you do this, you give everyone around you the courage and the strength to do the same. So get cozy and join me as I share my journey and guide you to living your best, most authentic life unapologetically. Hello, my beautiful pumpkins, and welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode was supposed to be a Q&A from a lot of topics that you sent me over on Instagram when I posted the question sticker, but uh, I recorded that podcast, and I hated it. This is 10,000 Virgo problems. Sometimes when you don't feel like something is like the ultimate level of perfection, it just, my perfectionism, sometimes she gets the best of me, okay? That's what I'm saying. But um, I decided instead to do a shorter episode for today and cover a topic that I do get asked about a lot, and that is imposter syndrome. And this one did come to me in the question stickers as well on Instagram. Somebody just asked to talk more about imposter syndrome and how I have navigated imposter syndrome myself. So imposter syndrome is... Basically, when there is strong evidence to support that you are really great at something or you have a skill set in something and you yourself feel like an imposter, you feel like you cannot do it, you are unable to do it, you're not doing it better than everyone else or as good as everyone else and you constantly have this critical loop of self and that's like a very like basic way I feel like of describing it but that is like... That's my understanding of imposter syndrome. And I've dealt with this myself. So of course, it wouldn't be my podcast if I didn't give you a real life example. And I tend to always try to give real life examples because I want y'all to understand that like this probably has to do with my like need to over explain things being raised by a narcissistic parent. But I always feel like if I don't have the actual credential to speak on something that I at least can give you the experience of where it has happened and kind of how I've dealt with that. So with imposter syndrome, I have countless examples of this because I myself still struggle with imposter syndrome, but probably one of the biggest, and I can look at it in hindsight now and see, oh my God, that was such imposter syndrome. Uh, and I feel differently about it now. Uh, I'm always going to go back to this instance because it, to me, was the strongest. And that is back when I did gaming. Uh, I want to say, like, I did gaming for about seven years on YouTube. I've talked about this a lot. Uh, many of you know. This is, like, the Chloe starter pack. <laughs> you know how people will make, like, jokes about that? Like, the so-and-so starter pack. Mine is, like, a gaming channel. That's, like, part of my starter pack when I talk about, like, my journey to self-discovery and becoming authentic. Uh, so my gaming YouTube channel, this was my career. This was like my blood, sweat and tears that I put into it for like almost eight years, technically. And I want to say back in like 2016, I got invited to go to something called Sims camp. And if any of you know, in gaming, I predominantly played the game franchise, The Sims. That was what I was known for. Uh, that channel has like 160,000 subs on it. Uh, I was known for playing mostly The Sims franchise though. And in playing The Sims franchise, that got me to private events. I went to this thing called Sims Camp that is hosted by Electronic Arts. And uh, they flew me out to San Francisco to their headquarters, to Redwood Shores. 
And I was able to meet like 30 other creators in my same fields. And we got to test out new, like a new expansion that was coming out, give our thoughts, actually have a round table with the producers. And this is like, to me, looking at it in hindsight, now that I don't do this anymore, this was huge. Like only really like, and if you're a creator, I don't want to give you the impression that I don't think you're like in the top 10 of your career because you didn't get invited to a private event because that's not true. But from just my personal experience, I feel like they often take like, even though it's not numbers based how they select and they've said that, um, it's to me like you are doing something extraordinary or they wouldn't ask you to be there, if that makes sense. Like they bring people in, I feel from my perspective that either have a pretty decent sized following or they're doing something, sorry, excuse me, my um, Instapot is going off. I was making some rice for lunch. Um, Sorry if you could hear that in the background, but they bring people in either to me or either doing something really incredible that they've noticed in the community that they don't see with anybody else, or they do bring in people that have pretty large followings. I didn't really feel like I had a huge following. There were plenty of content creators there that were well into the 500,000 subcategory or up into the millions. So going on this trip, I think I might've been at like a hundred K at the time, which I feel like this is something we don't think about is like maybe to you, if you're not a YouTube creator, a hundred K sounds like it's huge. Like having a hundred thousand people follow you on a platform sounds insane. And that's because it is, (laughs) but when you're the person actually doing it and you've seen the numbers kind of build up slowly, it doesn't always feel that way. It's like, oh yeah, like this is, it like becomes so normal that It doesn't feel huge when you're the person experiencing it. And I was somebody that I used to really buy into the like hedonic treadmill, which is where you basically always put your happiness in other things. It's like, oh, I'm going to be happy when I hit this number. I'm going to be happy when I make this amount of money. I'm going to be happy when I have this thing or move to this city. When in reality, happiness is found in the present moment. And I've learned this throughout my journey, but at this point in time, the story that we're shaping right now, uh, I did not know that. I put my happiness in all of these external things. And also, we're drinking a cozy cup of coffee today, so I hope you got a beverage because I'm going to take a sip. Mm. So good. Vanilla coffee, by the way, Um, with oat milk, which is the best milk in my opinion. (laughs) Anyways, um, so going on this trip... It was so like, I couldn't understand why they picked me. I was like, why am I here? Like, what am I doing that is so amazing that other people have, or like that they have noticed me. And I had such horrible imposter syndrome on this trip. I was sitting at this big table with all these other creators. Some of them were people that I myself idolized at the time. And we'll talk about idolization a little bit in a minute. I idolized, like I remember meeting Life Simmer, which if any of you are Simmers, like you know who Life Simmer is. I remember meeting Life Simmer and I was like, like when I got invited to this trip and I found out who was going to be there, 
I was like, oh my God, I'm going to meet the mother of Sims. Like I used to call Life Simmer the mother of Sims. I was like, I'm going to meet the mother of Sims. And Vixella was there. And Vixella was somebody at the time that for years and years and years, I idolized her. Like she was probably the person that I wanted to be like the most, even like later into my career. I had like her merchandise, like... I was a big fan and I'm still a big fan. I think she's out there really killing it. I really respect what she does, but I was so excited to meet all of these people, but I felt so out of place and I felt like I didn't even know how to be my authentic self in the moment because I felt like I wasn't supposed to be there. Like I would go back to my hotel room at night because it was like a three day thing and I would just like cry. I was like, why am I here? I had so much anxiety Um, I was like, why am I even here? Like, why did they choose me to be here? I'm not special. I'm not in like the percentile that a lot of these people are in like viewership wives. Why am I here? And they had channels that were quote unquote, for lack of better words, they had channels that were smaller there as well. Like even smaller than my channel was, but I still just felt so out of place and I felt like I needed to make some kind of an impression. Otherwise these people weren't going to like me. And, um, something funny about this story that I want to kind of throw in here too, because I feel like some people might relate to this, uh, as a child growing up handicapped, I did not have a lot of friends. And this is something in adulthood that I've really had to work through in like, I have this really strong fear of abandonment and like people not choosing me because I'm different. And I remember trying so hard to make friendships with these creators and like giving my phone number out. I think only one person gave me their phone number, even though I posted it in like a pretty big like forum with everyone. I was so sad that like nobody wanted to make a connection with me outside of this event. And cause like I'm the kind of person, and this is really the truth. Like I am such a genuine person that I'm not trying to say that I'm the exact same person on and offline because I think that that's a lie no matter who you are. There is no one on the face of this earth that is the exact same person online as they are in private. They might be very authentic to themselves online, but when you don't see every single little thing that someone does offline, you're not getting the full scope. So it's kind of impossible to say that you're the same person, but I am somebody that really is truly genuine. I honestly, the thing I hate about my career and the line of work I do the most is probably networking because I want to make genuine connections with people. I don't want people to ever feel like I'm using them for a boost. I don't want people to ever feel like I don't just want friendship from them, that I want like their platform. And being somebody that has been really popular, I know what that feels like to feel very used by people around you that just gravitate towards you because they think they can get something from you. And it's honestly like... (sighs) This is like another hard topic to talk about because it's like it it reaches into the realm of like, oh, boohoo celebrities, their lives are so hard. But like there are a lot of struggles that like people that have a following, like even into celebrities like Beyonce and stuff that they have struggles that they don't even get to voice because people are like, oh, boohoo, you have money, you're fine. When in reality, like it's so hard to make true, genuine connections. So anyways. My point to this is like, I was so devastated. I would, I would go back to my room almost every night and cry and be so filled with anxiety of like, I don't even know how to be myself. Like, how can I mirror these other people so that they will like me? 
Um, I just want to make friends. But in reality, that's not even how you make friends. You make friends by being your authentic self. And I used to walk into rooms and ask myself, how can I get these people to like me? And now I walk into a room, I don't know, this was how many years ago? Six, 2016, 17, 18, 19, 20, five years ago. Now I walk into a room and I say, gee, I hope I like these people. So it's just a night and day difference that did take time to get there. But my point being, ultimately, I didn't feel like I deserved to be on this trip, even though it was a huge honor. I felt like I just did not deserve to be there. And I was so confused as to why the universe would give me this opportunity. Like I had manifested it for sure. It was like on vision boards and I would set intention for it all the time. It was something that I genuinely wanted. But then when I got it, it was like, oh my God, I don't even know what to do with this. So anyways, I go back home. I do my own thing. I felt like such an imposter. It was super weird. I didn't really make any connections. Like there was... I don't want to say I didn't make any connections because there are a couple of creators that even now I still talk to, but not like we play games on the side. We text each other. Like, it's not like that. Um, I didn't really meet anybody that I clicked like that with. And that made me kind of sad because again, I feel like creators are kind of on their guard and I understand, but <clears throat> I went home from that experience and I was like, I really just want to treat this like it was a one off. I, I feel like I'd be surprised if I ever got invited again. And lo and behold, I spoke that into existence. The next like one or two events I didn't get invited to. And that was really heartbreaking too. That kind of fed into my like, oh, I am an imposter. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not good at what I do. I really based my level of accomplishment on things outside of me. If I wasn't getting invited to these events, it meant I wasn't good enough. If my numbers on my channel weren't high enough, it meant I wasn't good enough. I was giving all of these external forces all of this attention, right? And then I went to, I like said something to a new community manager at one point and I ended up getting invited to another event like a couple of years later that was in London. And that was crazy. Like that was like the trip of a lifetime. I can't, I still to this day can't believe I got to go and do that. Like I, it was so cool. Slightly different experience. I feel like I had a lot better time. I felt like I deserved to be there. I had worked more on myself in like the years that led up to that. But there was definitely still some imposter syndrome of like certain, like I still felt like I had to be a certain kind of person for people to like me. And it was so like, God, I would hate for anybody in that community to listen to this podcast and be like, oh my God, either I so see you because I feel the same or be like, oh my God. So Chloe was just fake the whole time. Like, cause it wasn't like that either. I was being myself, but I also was being like a watered down version of myself because that was what I felt like I had to do to fit in when in reality, I'm somebody that is so like wild and unruly and like spiritual and into like stuff that I do feel like a lot of people are not into. But anyways, with the imposter syndrome, what I learned from honestly, both of those experiences, because during the second time I got to go and do that, it was a little bit different. I felt a lot better about me. I'd been going to therapy. I'd been diving into myself. I'd raised my conscious awareness. Um, I got really spiritual in between that time period as well. Like a lot of things shifted for me. And the second time I went, I don't even really want to focus on that because that trip opened up different things for me that really don't have to do with imposter syndrome. So <clears throat> let's dial it back to the first trip. So basically what I'm getting at 
is the things that I have learned about imposter syndrome and navigating it, I still struggle with it today. I don't want you to think that I'm so like, not perfect. I don't even like that word, but not that like, I don't have these struggles because I do, even when it comes to tarot card reading on YouTube, a lot of people ask me like, how are you so comfortable doing that? It's so hard for me. Honestly, at some point you just have to rip the bandaid off and go and do it anyways, even if you're scared. But I feel like in terms of feeling like an imposter with it, there's two things. Number one, you have to start providing your brain with evidence on why it's not true, on why you aren't an imposter, why it actually is you. And I don't know what life coach said this. There is a life coach, somebody I follow. I, I'm so sorry. I don't remember who teaches this, but there's something called a brag binder that I encourage anybody that is dealing with imposter syndrome to create one of these. You can also just make it digitally on your phone if you don't want to go through the trouble of having a physical thing. But here's what we do know. With neuroscience, your brain will literally create or has pathways that feed you the same story of why you're not good enough, why these things don't work, why you don't feel like you can have certain things because you're not as good as so-and-so. And this could have been something that was programmed in really early, like maybe you saw a caretaker talk this way about themselves or they talked this way to you. And so you have this kind of thought process that continues to fire off. So in order to combat that, we have to start providing the brain with evidence as to why that is not the case. And the best way to do this is to be intentional about it. So you're going to make something called a brag binder, which you can get an actual physical binder and like make it all cute and stuff if you got the time. If you don't got the time, just put this down as notes in your phone. Um, you're going to basically anytime, especially if you're a creator of any kind, if you have like Instagram comments, open Facebook comments, you can do Facebook comments, even if you're not a creator. Um, if you do a YouTube channel, this is like comments, maybe emails that you get privately. Um, you're going to take anything that comes towards you that is very positive, very like, oh my God, this thing helped me so much. Thank you for creating this thing. Or maybe a friend or a family member told you, hey, that's really beautiful. You're doing a great job. You're going to write these things down, who said it, what the date was, or print out the things that you receive and put them in the brag binder. So you're either going to type them out or take pictures of them, put them in like a phone thing or like a phone. You could even do just like screenshots in their own folder in your phone, like an album, uh, whatever it might be. You're going to make this. And this is why I say it's intentional and it's called work because it's work. Um, you're going to like, literally, I would say do it every day. If you're struggling hard with imposter syndrome every day, set a reminder on your phone to go and review these things. And it doesn't mean you have to review every single page and every single thing, but review like three to five of them. And start reprogramming your brain to believe that, no, actually, I am really good at this. I am good at this. And here's the evidence as to why I'm good at this. So you have to start providing your brain with evidence. And if there is no evidence yet that you can keep track of, start with affirmations. I know for a lot of people, people will say affirmations don't work for me. It's just nonsense. If my brain doesn't believe it, why do I even try? Your brain doesn't believe it because you're not programming it to believe otherwise. 
So start with like three to five affirmations every day, maybe even a couple times a day if it's affirmations. Set those timers and do the work. I feel like I, I've talked about this before as well on the podcast. Like it's called work because it's work. I think people want just like a simplified answer of I'm just going to say this thing and now you're going to be all better. And it doesn't work like that. You have to actually put in intentional work to change how your brain operates, especially if it's been operating this way for a really long time. So the second thing I want to uh, put note on is idolization or idolizing people. So with imposter syndrome, depending on what kind of field you're in or what you're feeling imposter syndrome about, oftentimes, in my experience anyways, I'll speak for myself here, in my experience, it's because I idolize somebody else. Let me get a little sip of coffee in here again. Mm. So good. Um, It's because we have put other people around us on pedestals. We have said, you know, in my case, I mentioned Vixilla. I mentioned Life Simmer. These were people that I put on pedestals at one time. I don't anymore, but I put them up on pedestals and I was like, oh, they're so much better than me. If I could even do content a fraction as good as they do, I would be like, people would gravitate towards me. I could be as good and I could be as worthwhile. The things I make could be good. I could be happy. If I could achieve that, those numbers or those kind of views or be like this person. And in reality, you really have to start reminding your brain that these people are just people. They have problems. They have emotional upsets. They have good days. They have bad days. They haven't done something that has cracked the system that is so wildly different that you're not doing. Now there might be some, I'm not saying don't learn. I'm not saying don't go out of your way to learn new tricks of your trade and to better your skill, whatever it is that you're working on that you're struggling with. You know, I'm not saying like, just stop and just keep doing things the way you're doing it. Maybe there is some adjustments to be made. Maybe there is some fine tuning, but if you're coming in to do something that you are passionate about and you're just judging yourself every step of the way, that's a good sign that maybe you do need to pull back on the education a little bit on whatever it is. Just do your thing, get into the flow and constantly remind yourself like, ah, I really admire so-and-so's acrylic pours. You know, maybe that's what you're into acrylic pouring and you don't think it's really good. I, I really admire their acrylic pour, but I wonder what kind of acrylic pour I can create using my techniques, you know? And Start making these people ordinary, everyday people. I know that that is difficult to be like, yeah, Beyonce is a normal person. Lizzo is a normal person, but they are. (laughs) They might have this lens of celebrity over them because we as society feed into that. We perpetuate that they are better somehow or they do something magical that we don't have the power or skill set to do because we're not applying or we, we just don't have it. We think that these people have like an essence that we don't have. And in reality, yes, we have different skill sets, different talents, different things we do. But I believe almost anybody can be taught to do almost anything. Now, I do think there are some limitations on that uh, because I can't speak to every single person in every single situation. Like for myself, I'm handicapped. I'm probably not going to be a yoga instructor. Like, yeah, I probably could do it, but well, number one, I'm not passionate about it. Number two, I don't have the flexibility or range of mobility that a yoga instructor has. Do you see what I'm saying? Like 
like I said, yeah, there probably is a way I could do something like it, but I'm probably never going to be at the level of like somebody who has that range of mobility that I don't. So I understand that there are also limitations on certain things, but I do feel that when we start to remove that pedestal and bring people down to where we are, and it doesn't mean that we're lower, it's everybody's even, we're all on the same plane. We all have the same, we wake up every day. You know, we wake up every day. If you have access to the internet and you're looking at, you're listening to this podcast, you have the ability to learn new things, to teach yourself new things, to open yourself up, to become better at what you're doing. And they're not, they don't have something special that you don't have. Basically. That's like the biggest thing I could give you in idolization is like, they don't have something that you don't like for myself Yes, I think Vixilla is a hilarious person and I've met her too. So I can say that like, she's very funny. I am not that funny. I might be funny, but it's in a different way. And because of that, like, I don't want to study comedy and learn to be more funny. It's not something I'm passionate about. I'm also not passionate about gaming anymore. So I don't do it anymore. But if I were going to do that today, like, let's say my passion got reignited for gaming I wouldn't look at Vixilla or Life Simmer or Urban Sims, and some of you will know who these people are and some of you won't. I'm not going to look at these people and say, oh my goodness, they are doing something so much better than me. No, I'm going to say, oh, they are doing something so beautiful with their time, with their creative tools, with their skill sets. I love the things that they're creating. They inspire me to want to make things myself. And I'm going to go out there and put my own spin on my own thing with the skills that I have. And... I hope that that helps make some sense there that like the idolization really is a problem. We try, we like put this space between us and other people that really doesn't need to be there. That like literally, if you want to believe that you are Lizzo, you are motherfucking Lizzo. Okay. (laughs) Be the Lizzo of your life. Get out there. Um, That's what I'm saying though. Like we really have to bring everybody to that like personable level and stop pretending they are like these untouchable. Oh my God. You know, like I'm always really amazed when you, which I don't really watch this kind of stuff anymore, but thinking back on it, like when you see like quote unquote crazed fans of like Taylor Swift or Lizzo or Beyonce people just like crying because Beyonce looked at them or like shook their hand what you don't realize is they're like they might have this beautiful big charismatic energy that they carry everybody has their own energy that they can choose to do what they want with but you can be that same level like you can do that too Beyonce's not doing anything special. And I'm not trying to say that her talent isn't immaculate. I'm not trying to say that she isn't an amazing creator. What I'm trying to say is that you have the ability to go out there and be that level of creator if you wanted to be. So I hope that helps with imposter syndrome. I just wanted to make this like a quick short podcast. I know it's not the end all be all, but I do feel like those two things you know, starting that brag binder for yourself. And then also asking yourself who you idolize, why you idolize them and make them a real person. Take them off the pedestal. Even if you have to write it out in a journal, make them real, you know? 
Anyways, that's what I got today. I'm going to go finish my cup of coffee and get to editing this podcast so I can get it uploaded in the morning, which you're already listening to it. So obviously I did, but um, I love you all so, so much. And I will talk to you again next Tuesday. Bye. If you felt seen, heard, and understood by today's episode, please remember that this podcast is designed from a YouTube channel. Most, if not all of the episodes are actually audio from sit-down videos of mine on my YouTube channel that I have linked down below. Over there, you will find videos that range from tarot, these sit-down chats, and everything else that I believe will light you up from the inside out. This, my social media handles, and so much more are listed in the show notes below. Please never forget that when you stand up in your own own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same. I'll talk to you all next week.